Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is Dave Robinson from USU Soccer. He is the chairman of Top Soccer. Dave, welcome to the program. Thanks, Marcus. My pleasure to be here. Now, this month, December, is U.S. Disability Soccer Month, which is the reason why we're having Dave on the program to talk everything and anything uh, about top soccer and hopefully bring more awareness uh, to our membership about the various programs um, you know that we have here in the state and talk generally about what top soccer is and how people can get involved and how people can start programs in their area if they don't have a program so Dave why don't we go ahead and start things off and tell us what is the USU soccer top soccer program Sure, Marcus. Well, Top Soccer is, first of all, an acronym. The T-O-P-S portion stands for the Outreach Program for Soccer. So Top Soccer is, is that acronym, and it is basically it's a recreational sports program for children and adults with intellectual, emotional, or physical disabilities that's offered through local USU soccer affiliated soccer clubs. It was started around uh, 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago at this point, and it has been expanded and grown throughout all, you know, all the corners of the of the of the country. One of the things I love about the Top Soccer program, and honestly, um, I was introduced to the program probably three, four years ago, and I, I just fell in love with the program. And I think soccer is such a great facilitator sport because it is and can be a very inclusive sport that really anybody can be a part of. Yeah, totally agree. And and the, the beautiful thing about Tom Soccer is it's really serving a population of kids that have oftentimes been left on the sideline and not been as welcomed or invited to be on the pitch to participate in youth sports, which, you know, when I was growing up, I played soccer, basketball, um, baseball, a variety of sports, and they mean a lot a lot more than just, you know, the on-the-field stuff. But uh, the nice thing here is that with Top Soccer, we're getting kids that would, would again, typically not been involved that chase to participate. Talk to us about the type of players uh, that usually participate in the Top Soccer program. Sure. The initial foundings of Top Soccer were probably targeting people in wheelchairs with muscular dystrophy or perhaps people with walkers who have physical impairments that limit them from from playing soccer uh, cerebral palsy for example or traumatic brain injury and i know you've spoken to Stuart sharp about the paralympic national team that really is the population of, of player he's drawing upon the nice thing about top soccer however is that it's broader than that it brings in people with any kind of diagnosis that doesn't allow them to successfully participate 
in recreational soccer, so Down syndrome. Um, and the, the real game changer for us is the number of players we have that have autism spectrum disorders. Um, those numbers are rapidly increasing in the general population. And accordingly, those numbers are also increasing in our top soccer programs across the country. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the parents or, or kind of talk to the parents and the caregivers of those who have somebody that have uh, some sort of disability like that. What can they expect from the program? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and my personal journey with Top Soccer began as I was a vice president of recreational soccer for a local soccer club here in Bradenton, Florida, where a parent came in and said, my child tried out your recreational program. Um, he is classified as you know, on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum, but it just didn't work out. His, his behaviors, his ability to cope with recreational soccer didn't work out. And, and the nice thing about uh, Top Soccer is, for a variety of reasons, uh, it gives an, a, a venue and, a, and an avenue for these kids to be respected, uh, to be supported and accepted for who they are. So as a parent looking for a place to have their child participate in the community, uh, that respect, that support and acceptance are very valuable and ways that they will feel good about participating uh, in top soccer for their kids. The two things that I love about soccer um, is watching young kids play, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and just seeing them play for the pure joy of it and <laughs> watching them smile, laugh, fall down, get back up, um, run off the field to give their mom or dad a hug in the middle of the match, um, things along that lines, just the pure enjoyment of it. And the second thing that I love is when I went to see uh, the top soccer program in action here in our state of West Virginia, watching the same exact things and watching the joy, not even necessarily on the participants' face, but on the parents' or the caregivers' face. Um, I remember uh, a woman who brought her son who was autistic and he went out there and he was just having a blast and I could just see tears rolling down her face of just she said I've never seen him it's been so long since I've seen him this happy uh, doing something and she was yeah. just blown away by just what that inclusion uh, into the sport has done and those are just the two things that I think I really, really love about the sport. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, were it not for perhaps the behaviors or physical impairments that limit the kids from participating in a recreational program, you really, the, the experiences are the same. You know, the, the four-year-olds chasing the ball around in bumblebee fashion where they're all kind of swarming to the ball. <laughs> you know, they'll trip and fall over their over the ball, over their shorts, over their, their teammates or the opponent and get up and laugh and, and, and giggle. Or, you know, they may be in the middle of a play and all of a sudden an airplane will fly overhead and they stop <laughs> and look at the airplane, right? So it's like it, it really is that the, that joy, that pure nature of, 
of the sport is really mimicked and offered within an environment like top soccer that's safe um it's it's supported and uh certainly you know it, we encourage participation from all those kids and and really no one no one is held out no everyone plays everyone is is offered a chance to be in the mix talk to us a little bit about how the program works from a functional standpoint um that kind of thing certainly the the program is very similar to a recreational soccer program where you've got you know mostly volunteers um, offering it the, the differences from what people traditionally think of in terms of uh, the youth sports is the age groupings aren't as nearly defined so instead of saying you've got an under five or a five and under team or a six and under team whatever um, with with top soccer the groupings are more oriented around physical size and safety. So you might have a five-year-old playing adjacent to a seven or eight-year-old who may be on the same size or physical ability. As long as it's safe, that's all well and good. So the, the, the groupings are different. The other big difference between top soccer and most other programs is the involvement of a volunteer buddy. And the buddy is typically a high school or middle school or maybe even a college student who volunteers their time, and they are matched up one-to-one, so one buddy for each athlete, each player, that they will stay with throughout the duration of the season to be their mentor, to be their supporter, to be their their kind of on-the-field helper to make sure they're safe, having fun, and learning soccer skills. And that the the relationships, Marcus, that I've seen grown from the buddies and the athletes, it just it just blows your mind. You you talked about how much the parents enjoy it. After two or three weeks of working with a young child with a disability, these high school volunteers are are similarly, you know, they're they're invested in the program and they love the program and they love coming out there to see their their player and. If the player doesn't show up, they get disappointed. And it goes the other way, too. The players look for their buddy after week one, week two, that they're out there playing with them. So the age groupings are different, and then the role of the buddy is, is notably different. Now, would I be correct in saying that um, every top soccer program is not the same? You would be correct. You would be correct in saying that. Um, you know, whether it's whether they meet once a week or twice a week, whether they, you know, play indoors or outdoors, it really has to fit the needs of the community. Some programs, the program that I run, um, we'll just say last year before before COVID hit, but I had registered last year over 100 players in my community to participate in the program. The average size of a top soccer program, however, is between 10 and 20 kids. And um, so they're all a little bit different that way. Whether they provide, you know, a a full uniform or maybe a T-shirt, whether they provide a medal or a trophy, uh, it's got to be fitting within the the model of the local soccer club, the local community, and the volunteer organizers. You've mentioned uh, a couple of things that the athletes get out of the program. What are some other things that they get from being a part of the top soccer program? Certainly, fitness is one that is important, especially for this 
uh, population of kids in that they oftentimes they don't get the outlet to get physical fitness as much outside of school perhaps so they spend their afternoons or evenings you know inside on a on a watching tv doing a, a video game and whatnot so fitness is very important but but almost as importantly social skills where they're thrust into a situation where they've they're they're playing this sport they're in a scrimmage you know how do they react when their opponent steals the ball from them or stops them from scoring a goal so just those behaviors social skills uh, teamwork uh, perseverance and again, confidence, things, things of attributes that we see kids just showing, you know, individual and incremental improvements week in, week out. And the differences between week one and the end of the season are fantastic and, and year over year as well. So those are some of the benefits for the program. One thing I like about uh, a couple of the programs that we have here in the state, I know one program specifically um, a high school boys team, uh, the coach uh, basically as part of his high school program said, we're going to work with the top soccer program in our area. So uh, in lieu of their training session, once a week they come and they work with uh, the top soccer kids. And I mean, the, the guys on the team just truly love it. And I would encourage if uh, anybody is, you know, doing a top soccer program to contact your local high school uh, girls team, boys team, get them involved. Um, what are some, I mean, I mean is there a, sp I know some people may be a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word scared, but I guess maybe nervous about participating in the top soccer program just because, you know, some people may, especially at the young age, that they may not understand everything that the top soccer participants going through, may not know about autism, may not know about this or that. Um, what what advice could you give these kids that that why they should come out and volunteer? Well, certainly, um, I'm I'm very impressed with the volunteers that we get to come out to top soccer programs. Um, I think of myself at that age, and I don't know that I had the emotional maturity to handle something like that. But from from a programmatic standpoint, certainly the there is training available from USU Soccer. There is a what they call a buddy man, um, coaching or a buddy training course that can be provided that gives a little bit of insight into the different disabilities and the nature of the kids involved with the program. One of the other areas, too, it's important is we, we try to dictate that the parent of the player is not allowed to just drop off their child and leave. They have to stay there on the field, on the sidelines, so if something happens that they can be accessible. We don't want the volunteers to think that they're on an island all by themselves and that they are now the care, the primary caregiver for, for this child. If something happens that's negative, we want to know that they're supported by the, the coaching staff, by the parent who's right there, and, you know, trying to set the expectation with them of, you know, if something goes wrong, here are the steps you follow. You know, first, isolate the, the, the player from any other, other player to make sure that nobody else gets hurt, and then look for a coach and then look for a player. So um, there's training. There's programmatic elements to it in a process that if something happens that, you know, it's not just them. So uh, um, 
again, these things, there are often not a lot of problems with, with the kids. Um, and, 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 you know, my many years of running a program, there's always been a couple things where I really had to get involved. But uh, there's definitely a support network in place for these volunteers. Now, if there is a club out in West Virginia that is interested in starting a top soccer program in their area, what should they do? Well, certainly we would encourage growth of the program, and we would have those clubs contact the West Virginia Soccer Association office. Um, Judy Green, I believe, is the primary contact for top soccer in the state. Um, Once they contact Judy again, we can provide training resources for the potential uh, operators of the program, not just on how to coach, but also how to implement programs. We've got sample um, public relations materials, flyers, um, news releases, spreadsheets to help manage the, the volunteers and the participants. But again, we want it to be the easy button for these programs to start in, the, in West Virginia and on Judy and the team in the state office can certainly help with that regard. Now, Dave, as we wrap things up here on the podcast, uh, one last question for you. Um, if you could just give one piece of advice to those parents or caregivers of somebody who has a child that would uh, be perfect for the top soccer program, but maybe a little bit nervous uh, about having them. I know that, you know, sometimes they're, you know, very protective of their child. What advice sure. would you give that person to maybe convince them to allow their child to come out and be a part of this great program? You know, what I always tell the parents is, is give it a try and come out, see how it goes. Um, if it, 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 I, I find that the parents have higher expectations and are more nervous and or um, feel, you know, guilt or, or you know, hey, my, you know, my son or my daughter is not playing with the rest of the group. They spent the entire hour one-on-one with their buddy kicking the ball into the goal. You know, that's a failure. Well, no, it's not a failure. The first week it may take you know, that one-on-one time for that child to get acclimated to soccer and the environment and being in a group. I say, give it a try. Come back week two, week three. And and ultimately, we find that those kids who are maybe starting the year on their own will will figure out that it's more fun to be with other kids. And there's there's never any shame. There's never any embarrassment. Um, There's a fantastic support network from the organizers as well as the parents right think about these the 20 to 30 parents of kids with special needs think of all the community that they can find with them and it's not just talking soccer it's talking about pediatricians or therapists or you know places they can go with their kids because the other parents who are, part, are participating in the program they've been through it all themselves so that community of, uh, of, of, of sharing and of uh, kind of bonding, it, it's really a wonderful thing to see. So, again, give it a try. Um, love to have the, the kids out there playing. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But there's just uh, no harm in trying. I think you nailed it on the head, community. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that, that's, the, big, that's the big area for them, having that community and, 
that inclusion for their for their kids. I think it's wonderful. Like I said, Dave, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big supporter of uh, the top soccer program, and hopefully, folks that are listening to this program uh, will take an interest in maybe starting a top soccer program in their area, or at least getting the information if they already have one in their area. Maybe getting the word out to others to let them know that that exists. And I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that we get the word out to others to let them know that these programs do exist for their kids. All right, Dave. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program today, uh, talking about Top Soccer and uh, U.S. Disability Soccer Month is in December. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Marcus, my pleasure. Take care. Best of luck to you and all of West Virginia in the coming year. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.